0: All right, there we go. Brother Ben. Salam Alaikum. Wa Alaikum salam, mighty God. How you feeling? Oh, fine by Allah's permission. How's my brother?
1: Fine by Allah's grace as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody do already, but for the brothers and sisters who don't know you, uh, can you go ahead and introduce yourself?
0: Um, brother Nuri Muhammad, student, servant and soldier of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan I'm blessed to serve uh out of the great city of Indianapolis Indiana at Muhammad Mosque number 74 as what they would call in church the resident minister uh, if you will Uh, and we are blessed to be um a somewhat of a unique kind of mosque where we have not just a mosque for The spiritual uh, education of the adults, but we also own a restaurant, barber, and a beauty salon, a daycare, and a school uh, as well. And um, by Allah's grace, um, I get invited a lot around the uh, country and sometimes out of the country to represent the the bright searchlight of the teachings of the honorable muhammad on various subjects so we we in 50 60 cities a year uh plus uh working at home and all of those entities as well so that's me brother man
1: yes sir well you know we got to start it off strong uh in the nation of Islam. most of our most um popular teach uh, teaching is that the black man is god and a lot of times, when we post that on social media or do a video or even talk about it in our lectures, uh, some of our, well, most of our people maybe be afraid to ask. But when on social media, they ask, "How can we prove that the black man is God, and where is that in scripture?"
0: Well, um, it is in it is in the Bible and the Holy Quran, from Genesis to Revelations, and from Al-Fatiha uh, to Al-Nas one of the great impediments that, that we have seen uh, among us as a people is that we uh, have be, we, we, we go by the Bible, but we don't go into the Bible. We may go by the Quran, but we don't go into the Holy Quran. And because we are, are surface dwellers, uh, we take everything on face value, and we literally take everything literal. When the Bible and Holy Quran is written in parables, metaphors, and similes, all wise teachers, uh, including the master teachers that have walked among us, known as messengers and prophets, always take the tangibles uh, and turn them into teachables to help people grasp the unknown by showing them the examples of the known. So the concept... Of God being a man I always tell people that you know I we have uh, hundreds of Bible verses and Quran verses that we can recite that proves that God is a man always was and always shall be and that we are the original people making us the first gods on the planet we can show hundreds of verses but how many verses can anyone show to prove to God is this spook or spirit or this divine piece of wind moving through space and time. You know, we know from the Genesis, starting off in the book, it says that Adam and Eve, that they hid from God. Well, how do you hide from something that you can't see? And since in the dictionary, in the Webster's Dictionary, it tells us spirits cannot be seen but only felt, how can you hide from that which you can't see? In order to hide, you have to find something that you put between you and the object that you that you are looking at. They said they heard God's footsteps in the garden. Well, how do you hear footsteps unless physical is touching physical in in goes on later on where Abraham, who's considered the father of the righteous, the friend of God, he he's respected as the great patriarch of all monotheism, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, all say Father Abraham. Yet Abraham said that he seen three men walking through the plains of Mamre. And one of them was the Lord, and the other two were angels. Watch out, brother Ben, that busts up something else. Because we also think that angels are little chubby flying white people with Kentucky fried chicken wings on their back. But that's not what Abraham seen. He seen three men. Two of them were angels and were men. And the other man was the Lord. Then according to the Genesis, it says Abraham told the Lord to sit down, Lord, and rest your feet. Well, now the Lord has something to sit down on. Now he has a need to rest his feet. Told Sarah to go in and prepare three fine meals. Well, spirits don't need food. Only men need food. Only men need rest. And Sarah came out and brought him pure water and homemade bread according to the Genesis. So we can can continue to go on and on. Moses said he spoke face to face with God, not face to spirit, face to face with God as a man speaketh to his friend. The Bible says that Enoch walked with god not flew not soared with him but walked with god and god took him to heaven and he didn't even die that's a whole nother lecture for another time
1: so many people ask me brother ben x man how do i know that you're going live how do i know when you're producing a podcast and i saw you also just made a hundred and thirty thousand dollars in two days Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094 and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days peace
0: jesus later on in the bible as he's arguing with the jews brother ben here the jews is telling him that you know we be abraham see we and then jesus got got tired of it and he and and he told them he said said listen to this i know you you are of your father the devil Mm. and at a certain point Jesus, as he began having a conversation with them, they, they told Jesus, well, we don't accept you for you are the only one that bears witness of yourself. And Jesus responded, is it not written in your law that the testimony of two men is accepted as true? Listen to Jesus. I am one man that bears witness of myself and my father is the other. Well, if his father is God and and it's two witnesses, and they have to be two men, what is he saying his father is, other than a man? So, we, we can walk through the Bible, and we haven't even got to the Holy Quran yet, but there's a reason why Allah would be introducing himself all through the book Holy Quran as I, Allah, am the best knower. Well, do you know that all words are are thought And sound married together. So anytime that you hear a word, a word is nothing more than the combination of the spiritual components of a thought and sound mixed together to form a thing called a word. So if Allah, God is the best knower, he also is the best speaker, the best talker, the best communicator. Well, why would Allah all through the Holy Quran use the pronoun he? to describe himself pronouns take the place of a noun and nouns describe either a person a place or a thing we know god's not a thing that would make him a it and we know he's not a place because he's the author of all place so all that's left is for him to be a he some verses in the quran brother Ben, even say allah then a comma he Mm. well if allah Is Allah unique and there's nothing, why put the he next to your own name unless you're trying to put some emphasis on it? Why would the God tell us that surely the throne of Allah's power is ever up on water that he might manifest the great qualities within you? Well, we know God doesn't live in a big old chair sitting in the Atlantic Ocean or some lake river or sea, but as the brain sits on water, The brain sits on water. Then what the God is telling us is that He too sits on the brain of man. Maybe that's why, whenever you point to these two parts of the head, they call them the temples. Is that what that's called? The temple. Yes, sir. The 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 temple, because God Himself lives inside of there. So our problem is that we have never really seen man manifest in his full potential. We have not met original man. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that the scientists have found that the average human being in the world is only using 3 to 8% of his brain power. That means 92 to 97% of the brain power of man goes unused. And by the law of use, it says that what you abuse, misuse, or what you don't use, you will lose. Well, we haven't seen man manifesting that other 92 to 97 percent of that brain power. But if we did, we would have no problem recognizing and bowing to the divinity of God with inside of the self. The black man is God, always has been and always will be.
1: Yes, sir. That's a nice breakdown right there. Now, the next question they would ask is, If the black man is God, then who do we pray to? Do we pray to ourselves? Who are we praying to if the black man is God?
0: Well, of course, you know, there's a verse that breaks it down in the the real simplest form in the book of Psalms 82, verse 6. Listen to these words. David is speaking. He says, ye are all gods, children of the most high God. So, while we are gods at this present phase of development, we are lowercase g gods. But there is a capital G god that is the supreme being. He is the lord of all the worlds, he's the answerer of the prayers. Now, for the sake of time, look at it like this, brothers and sisters. You have a, a God within that needs cultivation and development. And then there's a supreme being outside of you that has already maximized and perfected his cultivation. So the way we build up the God in us is by feeding on the word and way of the supreme being, the perfect God outside of us. So we have to pray. But when we pray, we're not balling up a request and throwing it in the outer space for a ghost to answer. When we pray, we are making a petition to the supreme being and we're asking him by our communication with him, I want to activate you, God, and I'm asking you to activate in me the force and power of my being that I, in concert with you, can be the answer of my own prayers. So, in Islam, when we do our five daily prayers, that's called rakahs or steps, when the Muslim makes the prayer, we are speaking out loud, even though Allah already can hear what we're thinking. Well, why would we be speaking out loud if Allah can hear what we're thinking? Then, taking it a little bit deeper, we are instructed on On the prayer rug, there's always a spot at the top of the prayer rug that leaves a marking of where your forehead is going to land. And when we are making prayers, we're calling on Allah out loud, but we have our eyes fixed on where our forehead is going to land. What are you telling us, Allah? I'm telling you, they call on me. I'm the supreme being. But look to the answers to your prayers not to come from outer space, from some spirit, but look to your own head and your own mouth and your own hands to be the instruments by which I use to answer those prayers. So we are praying to the supreme being, the Lord of the worlds, the creator, but we are asking that creator to activate in us the force and power of our being that we can use our own mind our own um, uh, um mouths and our own muscle to solve some of the problems that we uh currently have as a as a person and as a people so you pray to supreme being but you're activating the god in you to answer those prayers
1: yes sir now in the bible in john four twenty four, it says god now this is what they would say they would say well in the bible john four twenty 24 says for god is spirit So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So they would say, well, that's clearly saying that God is spirit. So what does that actually mean?
0: Yeah. And and that's why I said earlier that we have hundreds of verses that we could use to prove that God is a man. And that's the only one that anybody ever uses is that God is. But, you know, you know, black people, we like abbreviating everything. We don't like. Fin- so so in my in, in uh, uh, Hosea four and six, it says my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. But it, we don't like to finish the rest. It says because we have rejected knowledge and because we've rejected knowledge and the law of our God, I, too, shall now reject your children. We just like to abbreviate it. And, and I like, Brother Ben, when you took John four twenty four, you didn't abbreviate it. But most of the time when there's an argument, over spirit and God being a spirit, we say God is a spirit and we must worship him in spirit. And we act like that's the end of the verse, Mm -hmm. but there was something critical. You said to close that verse out, God is a spirit and we should worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, what is the truth about a spirit? The truth about a spirit is that a spirit cannot exist without a body to carry it. The human body and the soul or the spirit are not two independent entities that can live by themselves. When you go to a wake or a funeral, we say that I am viewing the remains of so-and-so. Yet the whole person is there just as they were when they were alive. But the definition of remains Means that which is left. Something is missing there. Well what's missing in the the body? It's the spirit. So the spirit and the body. Are not independent. They are interdependent. Interdependent means. That each one of them need the other. In order for them to exist. So when you have. A body. Without a spirit. Then you have. A dead person Mm. but if you were to have spirit or energy and no body that's like having electricity that exists in the atmosphere but not having conduit for the electricity to transmit its power through so the God the truth of the spirit is that the spirit lives inside of the body so yes you worship him in spirit but you got to worship him in spirit and in truth, and the truth about a spirit is that it cannot exist as an independent entity moving by itself. It must have a vehicle or a vessel in order for it to manifest itself in. Thus, Jesus told everybody, look, look. Your body is the temple of God and anyone that defiled the temple shall be destroyed. He, he said the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. He didn't say was past Pluto or in outer space. He said, no, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is within you. Well, if the kingdom is where the king lives and the king we're talking about is God himself, then king dome of God dome is the round part that exists at the top of any structure. What the God is telling us is that. He lives inside of the head of man. And whenever we began to feed on his word, that's what we're talking about today. Cracking the Quran, breaking down the Bible. When we approach the word of God, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us in a message he did called the proper use of scripture. He said we have to approach the Bible and the Quran with the same analytical mind that we approach any other subject. That means we got to go into that thing non-emotional, like a scientist, looking for the root of the thing, looking for cause and effect. And I submit, Brother Ben, that if we would approach Bible and Quran with the analytical mind, we would have seen that the truth about a spirit is that it needs a body to live in. And that, that argument would be a faded away argument by now.
1: Yes, sir. I'm glad you broke it down like that, because actually, my next question was going to be about the birth of Jesus. And Matthew one eighteen, it says, "Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place uh, in this way: when his mother Mary had been uh, betrothed uh, to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit." And a lot of our yeah. brothers and sisters believe that means that it was only a spirit that came into Mary, and they believe that the word version mean that she haven't had sex yet so can you break down that scripture for him
0: thank you thank you brother Ben. that's beautiful well of of course the if you go to the ancient aramic and the hebrew and you look up the word betrothed engaged already in a relationship with
1: peace family thank you for checking out the brother ben x podcast many people are wondering What can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market. And I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS Tribe. The ABS Tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you. You want to get inside of our ABS Tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS Tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com. www.whatisabstribe.com.
0: Keep in mind that at this time, The whole world of the wicked knew what they were doing to bring birth to a Messiah or a messenger or a prophet. They always, the enemies always know, long before the people know. That's why Pharaoh would say, kill all the firstborn boy babies. Because he knew what he already was doing to the children of Israel that at a certain point was going to bring up out of them a man named Moses. That's why King Herod had already put a creed out. Listen to his creed. Kill all of the boy babies two years old and under. In other words, I want to make sure that I know what I'm doing on the cause side to produce the effect of a messenger or warner or a prophet that's going to come and shut down my deception. So let me kill all. the. so, So there was a death plot already in the atmosphere for the Jesus that was coming on the scene. So there's a little book that I recommend everybody get called The True History of Jesus by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. It will break down the historical concept of Jesus and the way that he was raised, the way that he was trained. Needless to say this, that that scripture that deals with the birth of a figure named Jesus From a virgin mother is not talking about something that happened 2,000 years ago with an individual virgin female and the God coming to that virgin female, bringing birth to Jesus, the carpenter, or Jesus, the prophet of 2,000 years ago. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that 75% of what you read about Jesus is prophetic, and the other... 25% 25% was historic. So when you look at virgin territory, virgin territory means territory that's undeveloped and uncultivated. Black people have not had a messenger or prophet before God came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad and raised the honorable Elijah Muhammad. In 50,000 years, we were a virgin people. So when he came, And he impregnated black people in Black Bottom, Detroit. It brought birth to a Jesus figure named Elijah Muhammad from a virgin people. But the Jesus of 2000 years ago, let's look at the 25% part. Listen to what Jesus said about himself in Revelations. He said, I am of the root Mm -hmm. and the offspring of David. Then Paul in Romans chapter one, look how he breaks it down. He said concerning his son, Jesus, the Christ. Who was the seed of David according to the flesh, but declared to be the son of God by the spirit of holiness. Well, if you're the seed of David, according to the flesh, look at the book of Matthew. Look at the end of the book of Luke. And when you get to the genealogy of the seed of David and you get around the time of the birth of Jesus, If Mary is supposed to be the only human being involved in the birth of Jesus, then surely she should be found somewhere in this lineage called the seed of David. But when you get down to to the area where Jesus was coming into the world, there's no mention of Mary as one of the descendants of David. Yet Joseph's name is in there. See, Joseph was Jesus's daddy. But God was Jesus's father. Hmm. Joseph was the man that gave the seed to Mary to bring birth to Jesus. But it was God himself that fathered his mind into knowledge, wisdom and understanding. So when you understand it uh, like that, you understand that there was a death plot and the God put his hand over top of the hand of King Herod to make sure that his Jesus could be born to do the work that he was to do. But he was the seed of David, according to the flesh, but declared to be the son of God by the spirit of holiness. You say, well, I don't know about all that. that don't. Well, let me ask you a question. Do, do... Let, let me ask you a question. Anybody that has children, if your daughter came home <laughs> and she said she was pregnant, and you say, Well, what do you mean you're pregnant? Daddy, I don't know what happened. I was just I was just walking past the church, and the spirit of God came up on me. You will snatch that little girl and interrogate her till you found out who their baby's daddy was. Spirits don't get people pregnant. That's why Paul told us something, Brother Ben. Listen to Paul's words. He said, Prove all things and then hold fast to that which yeah, is good. True. Well, in order for you to prove something, you have to find evidence in the current time you live in that verifies something happened in the past. Well, if we're going to believe that a spirit got a woman pregnant 2,000 years ago and we got to prove it, then we've got to find some tangible evidence in the current time we live in right now that verifies this going to happen. And, And wait a minute. Wait a minute. If a female has two X chromosomes, and the male has the X and the Y, male and female. If you take a spirit that has none, multiply by a female married that has two X's, then the only product of a spirit and a woman would have to be a female child. But Jesus was a boy. Well, where did he get the Y chromosome from? Unless there was a man somewhere involved in the picture. No, brothers and sisters, this was a trick by the white man to try to use another form of getting us to stop looking at Jesus as our example. They present him as a white man. They present him as someone that had a ghost as a father. Why? Because they know that in order for you to, to strive to be like someone, you have to find something in common with them. And when you find something in common, you start comparing yourself to them. Once you start comparing yourself, from comparison brings birth to expectation. And expectation begins to become fuel for desire. And desire, the Honorable Minister Lewis said, he said, is the food of the wheel. And it is the wheel that helps you bring something into existence. They knew that if we were to learn that Jesus was Jesus of Nazareth, and Nazareth was the ghetto of yesterday. They knew that had we knew that Jesus had hair like lamb's wool and feet like brass burned in the oven. Brass already brown. You burn it. You know, it's black. He's a black child. They knew that had we learned that he had the, that he, he had a single mama factor, just like most of us had. He had a black man father that wasn't present like like he should have been. And, and, and yet he became the one that was at the right hand of God. They knew that if we had seen all that we had in common with this black revolutionary Jesus, even though he was who he was 2000 years ago, we would say, man, if I got all that in common with him, I can compare myself to him. My comparison is going to bring birth to expectation that's going to feed desire. My desire is going to feed the wheel. Next thing you know, in 2017, I'm a walking Jesus in Dallas, Texas, hmm. I'm a walking Jesus in San Francisco. Why? Because i seen one that looks like me, came from the same hill I came from, and yet he became the right hand of God. So it is a trick. It is a trick. It is a part of a scheme to make everything that is great that you read of in scripture. Either a white man did it or a spirit did it. And because we're not white and we're not spirits, we become disqualified to be the living material witnesses of the greatness that we read in the scripture. It's a trick.
1: Yes, sir. Now I'm glad you brought up. It's funny. It's glad you brought up that uh, you can be a. We can be a walking Jesus. Because my next question was about. Uh, a lot of people say, "Well, we're talking all this stuff about Jesus. Was Jesus even real? And when we read the word Jesus, is it supposed to be taken as a literal person, or is it supposed to be taken as a function?
0: Well, that is a. It is a. a that is a good question, and the answer is D. All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> Just depending upon circumstance see brothers and sisters uh you can't be uh, we can't be surface dwellers and we can't look at the scripture just on face value the universe that Allah created has not one dimension it's not flat it has four dimensions length width breadth and time so there's many dimensions and many angles by which you can look at different scenarios in the scripture there is a reason, brothers and sisters, that there are no last names mentioned in the Bible or the Holy Quran. Mm. Well, who what, whose last name do we know? What's Moses' last name? What? Mm. What? Say so you say with well, Jesus Christ? Christ is not his last name. That's his title. It Means Crusher of the Wicked in the Last Days. Why come, Why? Why there's? It's because just like you have the word Scripture. That's what Bible and Quran are called. If you take the suffix U-R-E, scripture becomes script. The base word of scripture is script. The Bible is a script, just like you have a script for a play or a script for a movie, which means somebody wrote down exactly what people were to say and do before the stage was erected or the camera was turned on. And you can study the script and you can practice your role. Well, we have been given the Bible and Holy Quran as a script, not for a play or a movie, but a script for life. And we have the ability and the authority to go in and read it and figure out which role we want to play. We can be one of the disciples or we can be one of Herod's enchanters. And the beauty of it is that once you pick what kind of role you want to play, then all you have to do is look at the characteristics and the function of the one you want to be like and start manifesting it in real time and you become them in the modern moment. On the flip side, though, you have to look at those that you don't want to be like in the scripture as well. Because sometimes we accidentally start manifesting characteristics of the Judas Mm. or of one of the soothsayers or one of the magicians or one of the disbelievers. And when we start seeing, wait a minute, I'm starting to sound like the disbeliever of that verse and the Judas and that. Wait, well, I got to renegotiate my thought process and change what I'm speaking and doing. But that's the authority uh, that we have. So Jesus in Islam, we believe as the Holy Quran teaches us that Jesus is the supreme example of what man can become. Why would Jesus tell us to be ye perfect even as your father in heaven art perfect unless he wanted us to be not just like him but like God. Why would Jesus himself say to us that I have gone forth to prepare a place for you that where I am ye may also be. And Now this is not talking about going to set up a house on cloud nine with Moses and Abraham and Job and Lot and Tupac and Biggie and Ray Charles. No, he's not talking about no heaven up in the sky. But Jesus' place was he was at the right hand of God. And as the right hand, so teaches the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, is the arm of execution of the will of a man. Jesus at the right hand of God means that he and his father have become one with one another to the point that his will is the will of God. Everything he does is exactly like God would do it. Well, we have that same potential. So Paul said it like this, Brother Ben, let this mind be in you. The same mind that was in Christ Jesus. Well, if as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And we're invited to have the same mind that Christ had. And Christ had the mind of God. And if we're invited to have the mind of God and as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you've got the mind of God, what are you other than a God? So our function, our our role is to study Jesus and not see our problem, brother Ben, is we we use Jesus as an excuse instead of an example as a people. We say he died for me. And as long as I believe he died for me, I got the right to, to, to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it. And, and don't I ain't even tripping. My father's mansion has many rooms. I'm going to go in. No, no, no. Change the language. Not gave his life or died for me, but say gave his life. Once you use the language gave his life, you stop looking at the passion of Christ or the last 24 hours before he died. And you start looking at the way he functioned for the 33 or 36 years that he functioned on the earth and we start doing things the way he did things. And when that begins to happen, we'll be able to say that we and our father have become one too. And when you see us, you see little Jesus walking around on the planet. So yes, we want to think about the person, but more so we want to think about the function. No, don't focus on the character himself. Focus on his character he possessed. And let's adopt the characteristics of Christ and we can become those that can do the same thing he did for our people in the time that we live in.
1: Yes, sir. Now, your video I posted about heaven and hell, of course, uh, went viral, hundreds of thousands of views. Um, But there are also some people who will say... um, and John, John three thirteen it says no one has ever gone to heaven and returned but the son of man has come down from heaven and there's another part or another translation that says and no one has gone up into heaven so can you explain to them what up me up into heaven means and if it's a condition here on earth that we can uh, set ourselves in that the honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us why does it say uh, no one has ever been uh, but the son of man?
0: Well, you know, unfortunately. Um, right now, if you go and do a Google search on the biblical contradictions, there's a hundred thousand contradictions in the old Testament alone and almost 80,000 in the new Testament. Whew. So when, when the math is done, uh, at a certain point, we have to, to, to always remember that what we are reading is not the pure, unadulterated truth of God when we read the Bible. When God revealed it to his prophets, it was the Holy Bible, H-O-L-Y. But when King James got hold of, hold of it, it stayed the Holy Bible. He just put an E in between the L and the Y. Y'all didn't catch that. <laughs> See, whenever you see somebody and they got a bunch of tears in their shirt, you say, man, he got a holy shirt on. You don't mean that shirt is pure and untampered. Well, you mean it's got a lot of missing fabric. Well, unfortunately, brothers and sisters, when we read the Bible, we are reading, as it says, the authorized King James Version. Do you know that a version is an individual's personal perspective? And based upon how close somebody is to something that they judge and if there's anything blocking their view that will determine what kind of version they give of a incident thus somebody right there at the scene of an accident on the corner with nothing in his way will give a more accurate version than somebody two blocks down the street with three trees and two telephone poles blocking his view well when you go and study the history of King James go Go and go into the the library uh, where all the the lies are buried at in in your city and go to the old world religion encyclopedias, the old ones from the 30s and the 40s, and look up King James. And when you go into the encyclopedia of religion from the 30s and the 40s, you're going to find that King James was a homosexual. He was a man that had intercourse with his own mother. Mm. king james is the man responsible for finishing up queen elizabeth's 100 year plan which was the kidnapping of black people from africa bringing us to america to make us slaves why do you think the first body of water we came in on was the james river and the first place we landed is called jamestown virginia why do you think willie lynch when he stood on the bank of the James River. Listen what his words were. This is a great slave maker and master from the West Indies that was hired as a business consultant to the white slave masters of America to control black people as slaves. He said, gentlemen, we sit at the bank of the James River named after our glorious and illustrious King James, whose version of the Bible we cherish. Now, this is a slave maker and a slave master saying King James's version of the Bible is the version that he cherishes. Now you know if the book is something cherished by a slave master. And a slave maker, it can't be the friend of the slave. So that's a version. Then it tells you, keep reading down your page. It says this, this was translated from former translation. Well, stop right there. Have you ever heard somebody say when somebody comes with an inaccurate report? Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Things seem to always get lost in translation. Do you know when you were in kindergarten, we played a game called telephone. You would pass a word, a sentence through the circle. And you would tell somebody it was a pink dog that jumped over a red moon and they would try to get it through 16 or 17 little children. By the time it got back to you, it was Pookie and Ray ready to drive by on 33rd and kill two innocent people. You, it always lost in translation. Then it tells us that the book was diligently compared and revised. Look up the word revised. It means to alter or change from original form. Well, man, if you got something that's been altered and changed from original form that was translated from former translations, and it was a version given of that. In street terms, they stepped on that. Now, in street terms, they put some cut on the Bible. <laughs> yeah, yes, they did. They 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 got the, they got it, they got a pure from Nicaragua and they and they and they put some B12 and some baking soda and some isotol. And, Fatten it up and then re-rocked it and sold it back to, the. I mean, I mean, pure from God and fattened it up and re-rocked it. And every time we've been taking a hit of it, we haven't been able to get as high as the people were getting in the scripture yet. Mm. They performing all kinds of miracles that we can't seem to even keep our lights on with the same book. Something wrong with that math. So there are, in so many words, I'm saying that to say brothers and sisters, there are verses in the scripture Of the Bible that are contradictions and there are some falsehoods that have been added to it. You say, but I I read in the Bible that that you can't alter the word. Yeah, the same people that altered it put that in there (laughs) too. So that you wouldn't want to question it. No, brothers and sisters. No. If Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you and the kingdom of heaven is within you. Look at Job. He said, look, my life is wind. Once I go down into the ground, I shall come up no more. The eyes that have seen me shall see me no more. The ears that have heard me shall see me no more. No, brothers and sisters, this was a trick. It was inserted into the Bible in Jesus' name by the slave masters, because they knew that they were working us from can't see morning to can't see night to provide them with the heaven while they were alive. And they knew that had we not believed that we were gonna die and see the grandmamas and the daughters that they raped and that they lynched and that they burned at the stakes and that we won we was gonna work at some point we was gonna get us some some milk and honey and some streets of gold. See, they gave us this as a consolation prize. It was a pacifier, something to suck on that nothing could come out of. Mm to isn't that what they do to babies yeah when the baby starts crying they put something that looks like the mother's nipple has the texture of and and the next thing you know the baby starts sucking on it and before the baby realizes that nothing's coming out it's too late because they already fell asleep i'm saying that this lie about dying and going to heaven or dying and going to hell was a pacifier, a spiritual and religious pacifier put in the mouth of the slaves so that we can suck on it. And before we realized that we would get nothing from it, we went back to sleep. But today's the day to wake up and stay woke. No, the honorable Elijah Muhammad said, heaven and hell are not places. They're states of mind. In another place, he said, it's a state of being. And in another writing, he said, it's a condition of life. State of mind means that whenever you have a heavenly state of mind, that you have freedom, justice, equality, peace and contentment of mind, harmony and balance. State of being uh, a heavenly state of being means that you have health and fitness, meaning health, meaning that all of your internal organs are operating on an optimal level. Fitness means you can engage in athletic activity and, and, and be able to perform equal with all the other ones that perform that task. And condition of life means that you have luxury, you have money, you have good homes, and you are in possession of friendships in all walks of life. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, no, don't you wait until you're dead to get your heaven. That's a trick. No, let's work hard to secure something sound on the ground while we're still around because there ain't no pie in the sky in the sweet by-and-by, waiting on you and me. The hell I want to go up there for anyway to get some milk and honey when I can go to the grocery store and get both of them for (laughs) $3.99. Well, I want to wait to die to get me some gold when I can get gold right out the earth that we live on. Think about that for a second. Pearls are inside of oysters that are inside of the seas and the oceans that are already on the earth. Everything that we were promised that we were going to get after we died in heaven is already around right now. So the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, no, the hereafter for my followers is now. So we don't work to die and get something. We work hard to secure heaven while we are yet still alive on the earth. So I hope that answers the question, Brother Ben.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, The next question was going to be you kind of went into it. A brother had
0: asked me from the Instagram page
1: um, with it being tampered with um, how do we know what's real and what's fake? How how do we know what they made up and and what should we we, uh, take for truth? So how do we determine that? Man,
0: Very good question, my brother, whoever you are, and I hope you're tuned in. But I, I will say this. There's a verse in the Bible that says it like this. My sheep know my voice, a stranger they will not follow. See, whenever you and I began to listen to and read the pure word of God, then what we are doing is we are learning the language of God and the way God sounds. So once you learn the language of God, you can pick up in an instance when you read a verse and say, oh, hold on a minute. No, heaven ain't. After you're dead, that don't add up. Oh, wait a minute. There ain't no devil, ain't no goblin underneath no ground. Gonna burn me after I'm I'm dead. So anything talking about a hell underneath the ground, seven times hotter than the sun. When the sun is 93 million miles away from the earth right now, burning at 14,072 degrees and it can start a forest fire. And the earth is only 7,928 miles in diameter. And if hell is in the middle, hell is 4,000 miles away and 98,000 degrees. The whole planet would have been burned. This don't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest this. There is a verse uh, in the book of Daniel 12 and 4 where God says that he would keep the meaning of scripture secret or hidden till the end of time. Well, go look in 2 Timothy and see when the end of time looks like. There's, there's 16 signs of the end of time in 2 Timothy. All of them are manifest right now. I submit to you, brothers and sisters, that as the book of Revelation say, says, that on that day when the trumpet is sounded, and, and, and when that happens, the seventh angel will sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be finished. I submit to you, that the great master teacher by the name of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad is the man that God raised up for us to be our messenger, to teach us the true meaning of Bible and Holy Quran. So how do you start off? There's a book that you should get. It's called the message to the black man. Can y'all see that? Yes, sir. In this book, brothers and sisters at the back of it, There's two sections. One is called the guide to understanding the Bible and the other is the guide to understanding the Holy Quran. And what you'll see in these pages is that you'll find a subject, a verse and then a page number. What you do is take your Bible, look up that verse and then you pick your message to the black man up and then look at the page number that's listed. And you will get a breakdown of what the most honorable Elijah Muhammad says about that particular verse. And what ends up happening to us, my brother, is that you are learning the language of God. You're learning as a sheep, your your shepherd's voice and a stranger you will not listen to. So so what happens is, is that as you began to decode what certain symbols of the Bible mean, based off the way the most honorable Elijah Muhammad broke them down in other verses, then you start picking up the Bible, reading some. Ver- oh, OK. Well, wait a minute. We're reading about a hill and a mountain. Well, I remember the honorable Elijah Muhammad said the hill and the mountain in the book of Habakkuk three dealt with governments and, and, and the ruling class. So let me see how that fits in there. Oh, I remember when I read about water, the honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the water represented knowledge. Let me see if the, oh that makes sense now. So what mm. you will learn from this book, brothers and sisters? is you'll, you'll, you'll learn how to read the road map to our salvation. The minister said this, the Bible is our roadmap for salvation. Our problem is we don't know how to use the guide or the key to interpret the symbols that we're reading. But if you read the back of that message to the black man, the guide to understanding Bible and Quran, what you're going to get is you're going to get the guide or the key. You know how it is when you see a, a, a map, I'm talking about before they had, you know, GPS on your phone. The real, the maps, the paper map. Y'all don't know nothing about them paper maps. They, they Your grandmama and them used to go pick up from AAA every time they was going to go to the store. They, when they was going to sense it, where they was going, they was getting that map. But at the bottom, there's always a guide. And it'll tell you what this symbol means when you see this. This is a railroad crossing. This is an airport. This is farmland. This right right here represents desert. This represents uh, a heel. This represents this three centimeters equal to uh, 50 miles on the map. Once you learn the guide, then you can read the map yourself. Well, I'm submitting to you that this book, Message to the Black Man, and the breakdown that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gives in the back of Bible and Holy Quran will serve as a guide or a key. And you'll start picking up the Bible and Quran without it and read verses that are not even in it the message of the black man, and you'll be able to break them down and know exactly uh, what they're talking about. So I hope that helps you out, uh, my brother that asked that question. Try it out. God raised the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He is teaching and preaching the exact same teaching and religion of every messenger and prophet that is mentioned of in the Bible and Holy Quran. The difference is the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and his student, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, they represent to us an upgraded expression of the universal message of the prophets multiplied by a contemporary tailor-made message for the black man and woman's condition in this dispensation of time. Get those books and then crack open those books and you'll see that you'll have the mind and the ability to know What God sounds like, you'll know his language and uh, and my sheep know my voice, a stranger they will not follow.
1: Yes, sir. Um, The next question is, what is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? And does the new do away with the old?
0: Well, of course, you know, the the Old Testament and the New Testament really are the only two books that the Bible was originally revealed in. There never never was 66 books of the Bible, or 72 like they have now, or 76 with the Apocrypha, or 78 with the Gospel of Barnabas, or 82 with the hidden or the lost script. No, there's only been two books that were revealed. One's called Torah, that's the Old Testament, one's called Injil, or Gospel, New Testament. That's it, two books. Now, what we believe in in, as Muslims in point number three in what the Muslims believe we say we believe in the truth of the Bible but we believe that the Bible must be reinterpreted so that man will not be snared by the many falsehoods that have been added to it then the closing sentence says this we believe in all of the prophets and all of the scriptures and technically That's what Jesus told us to do. There are some aspects of what Moses taught that become abrogated by some things that Jesus taught. But listen to Jesus's words. He told the people, know this, brethren, I did not come to change the law, but I came to fulfill the law. Mm -hmm. What Jesus represents is really. A higher expression of what Moses taught. Look at Moses' teaching. He dealt with a, with thou shalt not say, thou shalt not make a graven image, thou shalt not do, thou shalt not commit. Everything Moses was teaching the people was about not saying and not doing certain things. But when you get to Jesus, Jesus, listen to his words. He said, I say this to you this day, brethren, that if you have thought the thought, you have already committed the act. He's not changing what Moses taught. He's fulfilling it. He's taking it to another level. Moses was checking people's hands and mouth. Jesus is saying, no, hands and mouth is not sufficient. Check sin in thought form. Because before a thought can mature it uh, become a word it has to be a thought first all, all voluntary acts of the human body first start off as a thought mm. and then that thought encourages the body to engage in the appropriate muscular activity that matches the nature of the thought so so at the end of the day thoughts become words words become actions actions become habits habits form character and character becomes our destiny or our future so so there's no actions or words that can take place if it hasn't been thought first so if I can check it in thought form, that's what Jesus is saying. That's that battle in the sky that we read about in the message to the black man. If I can check it in thought form, that's that war in heaven that we read about in the Bible. If I can check it in thought form, that is that great clash of the dragon in heaven that you read of. See, it's in the mind. Jesus said it like this. My brother, he said in Matthew four and four. He said, Man cannot live off of bread alone, but off of every word that proceedeth from the mouth of the Lord. Well question. Moses, Job, Abraham, Lot, all of them they're in the Old Testament. Were they messengers and prophets? Yes. Do messengers and prophets speak the word of the Lord? Absolutely. So if Moses and the prophets were speaking the word of the Lord in the Old Testament and we should live off of not New Testament, but every word, then no, we can't afford to dismiss the Ten Commandments because we're following the two Jesus gave. And even deeper than that, we don't want to violate or even abandon the 42 laws of Mayat that we had when we were in Africa. If we want to be successful spiritually, we have to take the 42 laws of Mayot, multiply by the Ten Commandments, add to that the two commandments that Jesus gave, and then multiply that again by the restrictive law of Islam and the rules of conduct. Mix all of that up together. That is a formula for making a strong moral man and moral woman in the age we live in today. So it's not Old Testament and not the New Testament. It's not New Testament and not the Old Testament. It's not Quran and not the Bible. It's not Bible and not the Quran. It's Torah, it's Gospel, it's the book, Quran, and it's the wisdom that Allah gave the honorable Elijah Muhammad. All of it has to be put together in order for us to be successful at dealing with the level of devil we're dealing with right now. You can stay with the Old Testament alone if you want to. That's good enough to defeat the devil as a serpent. You can stick with with, with just the, the 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 sands of Isaiah and. Uh... it
1: right, look like he may have got frozen.
0: That dragon in revelations.
1: We, am I back on? Yes, sir.
0: Can you... I'm here. Yes, sir. If you want to defeat that dragon in Revelations, we need all of the religious teachings all mixed up together uh, as one, and we will be successful. None of them taught different religions, brothers and sisters. They taught the same religion. That was obey God. We should study all of them and take all of their laws, statutes, and commandments and mix them together that we might be successful against the wiles of Satan that have come against us in this modern time.
1: Yes, sir. Samuel, Samuel Ross who um, just asked a question that actually someone else had asked. They said if heaven and hell is basically a condition, uh, if there's no hell, then what happens to the... Uh, what's the punishment for people? So if I go kill somebody or rape a little girl and I shoot myself, if there's no heaven after we die, what kind of... Where does the punishment come in? If there's, well, what happens after we die, basically?
0: Well, the beauty of, of, of life is this. See, the, see I... When, when the, the Holy Quran says it like this, when you engage in any act, the Quran says it like this: everything that we do is all recorded in a clear book. And the clear book, the Holy Quran says, in the Milana Muhammad translation, he said, "The clear book is the law of cause and effect that governs the universe." They call it karma. So, as a man soweth, Jesus said, "The same shall he reap." Now, now, you say, well, the brother, he done went and did all the wrong and raped, and before they came and got him to give him the consequences, he, he killed himself. Yeah, but guess what? Scripture says that the sins of the father will be passed on to the children, even unto the third and the fourth generation. Do you know, brothers and sisters, that these white police that have killed our brothers In the streets, even though only four have been convicted out of 3,000 deaths. Wow. At the hands of I said only four. Do you know them other 2,996? They're going to live a life of hell for the rest of their life and their children are going to suffer too. Darren Wilson is not going to escape. George Zimmerman will not escape. They're going to get to hell that the the murders of Sandra Bland, they're not going to escape. Those that did what they did to Eric Garner, they will not escape. See, we 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 have two wheels. One wheel is the wheel we write out that we pass on to the generations that makes up. Basically, it's the compilation of all of our physical work we did. So if we've done a certain amount of physical work in the world, we've saved up a certain amount of money, we've bought a certain amount of property, then we can pass that down to our children and those who we love. Well, guess what? We also leave a spiritual wheel behind too. And that spiritual wheel has the rewards and it also has some consequences. So no one escapes. And every mother and father knows That if there was any circumstance or situation that life presented and it meant your daughter or son would be hit by that car or you would be hit by that car. All mothers and fathers would move their children out of the way and take that impact. If there was guns, if there's shots fired, the first thing you do before you cover yourself up, if you're with your children, is you're going to put your body around them. You're driving down the street before you think about bracing yourself against an accident, if your child's next to you, it's an instinct to stick your arm to the right to make sure your child is okay. So I'm saying that to us, that there doesn't have to be a consequence after we're dead personally. No, we'll get it because we'll send it down the line of time with a spiritual will to those whom we love. And if you love your son and daughter, more than you love yourself, which is what we do by, by covering them when shots of fire, putting our arm out whenever we hit the brakes and it looked like an impact, jumping in front of the car, moving them out. That's what we're saying. Then know that you will leave a spiritual wheel behind too. And then look at this. In our book, Holy Quran, my brother to asked that question. It says that the wicked, they will be looking for death And will not be able to find it. So somebody might have in their mind that they are going to do all this devious stuff. And whenever it comes time, they they just go, yeah, they come get me. Soon as they come to kick the door down, I'm going to pull the trigger. And they pull the trigger and the gun don't work. They get on top of an eight-story building, jump all the way off the building, talking about they ain't going, I ain't suffering no consequences, I'm going to die. Land eight stories down. Don't do nothing but sprain their ankle. Cut their wrists and won't even bleed. So, so death can be hidden from man. But even if they do get a chance to take themselves out. Know that those that they love. Will suffer some of the consequences. From the spiritual will that they wrote. While they live their life. So brothers and sisters. The reward for righteousness. Is not heaven after we're dead. It's peace and contentment of mind. It's luxury. It's money. It's good homes, friendships, and all walks of life. It's freedom, justice, equality. It's harmony and balance. It's, it's having your health. It's having harmony with people. It, it's, it's having happiness. It's having holiness. And it's some havingness. All that mixed together is the great reward of being right. And if we really lived the way we should... We wouldn't even need, as a consolation prize, an illusion of something that has nobody came back to tell us how sweet it was. We would be able to say, man, I'm living the, I'm living the dream. I'm living my dream. This has is, this is got to, There can't be a heaven that feels better than the life I'm living right now. The hereafter for my followers is now, not later.
1: Yes, yeah, sir. So you talked about if, if we live a life... Um... That we're supposed to be living. Now, some of our brothers and sisters, they was taught in church that, you know, God has a, he already got a time for you when you die. So they would use the excuse that I, I can live how I want to live because it's already written. You know, God already knows how he wants everything to go. This is God's will and things like that. So the question was, um, if you already had the course of, of my life written at the time of my creation, what is the purpose of free will? see,
0: the beauty of it, I don't know if anybody's ever read these uh, children's books. My wife used to tell me about when she was growing up, she was reading, and she would read uh, books They were called adventure books. And in the adventure books, you can read, and when you get to a certain page, it will say that if you would like to ride the boat, turn to page 38. If you would like to instead of riding the boat, you would like to walk to your grandmother's house, turn to page 42. And depending upon what page you turn to will determine what the circumstances and events would take place. So by Allah God giving us free will, he has already written in advance the best life that we possibly can live. Question. See, we are in the day of judgment. It ain't taking place by us standing in front of no big throne, in front of no half ghost, half white man on a cloud. No, we're living in the day of judgment. That's what we put in our prayers. That Allah's master of the day of judgment in which we now live. Well, if we're in the day of judgment, another word for judgment is decisions. So, so really, heaven and hell is all hinged upon the decisions. And it's like an adventure. If you decide to, to here you are left with three choices with your free will. Either you're gonna smoke it, you're not gonna smoke it, you're gonna leave. Whatever you're gonna do. Now, now, whichever choice you choose, Allah already has laws in place that will exact reward or punishment based upon the decision that we make. But we have the choice that we can make. So whenever you and I have a multiplicity of good, high-quality decisions, the product is heaven on earth. So there, there, you know, the minister said that he hates when he goes to funerals and hears the reverend saying, you know, it was his time. and mm-hmm. God called him home. He said God doesn't call people to trap houses. God, God, God doesn't call uh, people to shooting galleries. So, so the decision for someone that died from an overdose was not made by God. That decision was one of the multiple choices that they could have made. And they chose that choice. And as a result of the choice that they made, Laws went into effect to exact the reward and the punishment. What I would say to us too, though, brothers and sisters, is a lot of times we're too hard on ourselves and think we've made so many bad decisions in the past that we'll never be able to make it to heaven on earth. We'll never be able to live a happy life. Well, there's a scripture in the Bible that says where there is life, there is hope the Holy Quran says that Allah is he who takes souls by night the soul is the is the essence of the mind and the heart he pulls out and when he takes the soul the Quran says and surely there is an account with Allah everything is recorded in a clear book when when you see an accountant we say that they are a bookkeeper whenever you have an accountant that keeps books that put that they're taking they're taking into consideration income and outflow well that's the same as it is for life everything we do everything we think everything we say is all recorded in our own mind when we are asleep at night the supreme being can pull open our file and he looks at what we've thought what we've said and what we've done and then he can write things on that soul or on that account put it back in our mind and when and if we wake up You know what that means? That Allah still believes in our ability to become what he brought us into existence to become. Mm. So at a certain point, he, he keeps on by his mercy, by his compassion. He keeps on doing little things, putting people in our life, situations, trials, disturbances to help guide us either further on the straight path or back to the straight path. And at that point, where he he's called the most merciful, but he's not called the all merciful. At a certain point, when we have been a repeat offender too many times to something that he's been merciful with. Then he has a right to say, look, man, I didn't gave you nine hundred and eighty five chances with this same thing. You don't seem to be for real. So, you know, no, death is your next Uh, consequence I'm going to go ahead and take you off the planet because you're not serious about it so where there's life there's hope but it's it's multiple choice brothers and sisters nobody is born to die from a drug overdose no this, this is not Allah's plan it was one of the options that we took and we fell victim to temptation and over the course of time we exhausted the mercy thus we are gone I hope that answers
1: that question, brother Ben. Yes, sir. We got a couple or about a few more uh, questions for the Christian brothers and sisters, then a couple from the Hebrew Israelites. This question right. says, if Adam and Eve were the two, were the first two creations in your garden and their first two creations were their two sons, Cain and Abel, when Cain murdered Abel and you said, get me from my garden, he went east to the land of Nod and new woman, or a new woman, and she bore a child, where did the woman come from and who was her mother and father?
0: Very good question. <laughs> See, that, is another <laughs> that is another one of the contradictions. Uh, unfortunately, brothers and sisters, we really need the Quran as a companion to the Bible. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the Holy Quran is the best witness of the Bible. Because after it got translated from former translations, compared, revised, and King James gave his version, a lot of things have been lost in translation. So, you know, in the Islamic scholarship, most of them say that there's over 1,000 different interpretations that you can read about Adam and Eve. Sometimes Adam and Eve is the first man that walked the planet. Sometimes Adam and Eve is the first white man. They walk the planet, sometime Adam and Eve is your conscious and your subconscious mind. Sometime Adam and Eve is just a male and female relationship story. So you have many dimensions to Adam and Eve, but that lets us know that Adam and Eve of the Bible were not the first two human beings on the planet. We are in the year 2017 A.D., that means after the death of Christ, so from 2017 to Jesus is, is, is 2,000 years. You go 2,000 years back from Jesus, that's Moses. 2,000 years from Moses, you go to Adam. The Adam of the Bible is only a 6,000-year-old man. That is not the original man and the original woman. We have been on the planet for trillions of years. They found bones. All over the world, where they've taken the carbon level in the bones, the leaky family, and other anthropologists, and they have found that every human being they keep finding, 4 million, 5 million, 6 million, 10 million years of age, and all of them had mothers and fathers. They're still digging. We've been here for trillions of years. When they found that oldest man, guess what they called him? They call him Zinjanthropus. Anthropis. Mm-hmm. Zinj in Greek meaning black. anthropus meaning man, black man, first man. So uh, my sisters, my brothers, Adam and Eve don't represent the first people on the planet. That's the first white man and white woman mm-hmm. on the planet. So for them to go to the land of Nod and find Cain, to find his wife already there, I means some already some grown women already over there. For there to be a let us to make man, there was already some people already present. So this is this is where we are. And I want to brother Ben, I want to make sure that I can get to everyone's questions. So I'm going to step and grab a little charger uh, real quick so that I can stay on the air because I'm getting ready to die.
1: Okay, yes. sir.
0: (laughs) All right. Hold on one sec.
1: Yeah, make sure y'all hit that share button, share, share, share. Let's get up to five hundred views before we end it off.
0: Okay, I'm black. <laughs> Let me see what we can do. Well, there we go. All right, we 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 back, bro. Ben, we back.
1: Okay, the uh the next one is. Why did Job have to suffer when he was living right?
0: Well, you know, that, that's always a good question. The, the Holy Quran words it like this. In the 29th chapter of the Holy Quran, in the first through the fifth verse, it mentions, it says, Do men think that they will be left alone on saying they believe and will not be tried? when surely we might know the truthful ones from those who are liars. So, so, of course, the minister gave us a breakdown of that verse, and he said the supreme being, the God himself, he doesn't need a trial or a test to know whether we are truthful or liars. He can read our heart. He knows our motives. He knows our thoughts before we think it. But what this is saying is that there is a God in us, a part of us that doesn't know how strong we are or where our weaknesses are. So Allah uses trials and tribulations and adversity to manifest the strengths that we have so we know how strong we are, but also To help us to see our weaknesses because all weaknesses must be made manifest before they can be perfected and if our goal is to meet with Allah become one with God that's mentioned as the ultimate foundational purpose for living is to become one with God then we're going to have to go through something so that we can see our strengths as encouragement and see our weaknesses Job was according to the scripture a man that had everything. Now now I can go we can go even deeper into it and we can prove that Job brought these problems on himself by operating with with worry and fear that one day it would happen. Mm. Go check out the book of Job when you get a chance. And you'll hear him mentioning almost about 3 times he I, I fear that one day I will be without. I fear that one day this will happen. I fear. He, he was always worried that something was going to happen. And do you know that whatever you think about the most is what wins? See, thought, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said it like this. He said, thought travels on average of 24 billion miles per second. He said that there are 14 billion brain cells in the brain, and we know all cells are circles. The scientists of this world say the average human being thinks about 60,000 thoughts a day. And if you've got 60,000 thoughts moving at 24 billion miles per second, around 14 billion brain cells, and that's a circle, a cell, then when you have a thing moving in a circular motion, it's going to produce two forces, centrifugal and centripetal. Centrifugal means it repels. Centripetal would mean that it attracts. So whatever the dominant thoughts that we think, that's why it says as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you think about the most, you and I will begin to attract to ourselves people. Situations and circumstance that match the nature of our thoughts and will repel people's situations and circumstances that are opposite that thoughts. So by Job worrying all the time about what was going to happen and he was going to lose this, it's a strong possibility that his own mind brought his afflictions on himself. Just something to think about. But that's the purpose of the trial. It's to manifest. Even if you look at the word adversity, it means to add a verse to me. Oh. It's good. See, it's, it's one thing to read about what people went through in the Bible, but it's another thing to go through stuff your, in your own life and you have your own personal testimony in your own historical reference bank of your own mind to let you know God is God and that I, I have been through something. So Job had to go through His trial to add a verse to him. I have to go through mine to add a verse to me. You got to go through yours to add a verse to you. So you don't need a Bible and Holy Quran to open up to read about a prophet that lived thousands of years ago. You can open up your own personal historical reference, bring in your own mind and remember what God did for you two weeks ago and move with confidence on the next task.
1: Yes sir, let me let me uh get my charger too before we
0: get out. <laughs> like I'm <finished>. commercial break. <laughs> commercial break. Hey.
1: Smoke.
0: All right. So, few more uh, questions, brothers and sisters
1: All right, um, the next question is from Sister Kenya Ali. She says, what is the uh, the true meaning of the crucifixion of Jesus?
0: Well, um, it's again, you know as we said earlier, there's many dimensions uh, to scripture mm-hmm. four dimensions to the universe. Universal truth gonna have multiple. So the crucifixion of Jesus, sometimes it represents the crucifixion of our leadership. Sometimes it represents us as ourselves as individuals. It represents the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. It represents the minister and what he's been going through. You 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 know all of that which you read in the scripture is again if if on page eighty nine paragraph one of message to the black man, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad said nearly two-thirds of what you read of the the Bible is prophecy. And 75% of what you read about Jesus is talking about the Jesus of now, and only 25% is the historical figure. Then you would have to take the template, if that makes sense, the template of the scripture, and lay it, on the life of the minister, the life of the honorable Elijah Muhammad, and lay it on your own circumstance sometime. And you can see uh, where, where you line up, and you'll know what to do to escape it and how to become one of those faithful uh, women or, or one man that was outside of the crucifixion that didn't punk out. So, you know, in, in that sense, um, the crucifixion mm-hmm. of Jesus... Sometimes it represents the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Sometime it's the minister. And sometimes it's black people as a whole. Can I, can, I tell you, can I tell you this real quick before we go? In mathematics, there's something called the law of probability. And in the law of probability, it says that if you can find 12 or more details that are identical, when you compare one thing to another, you're looking at the same thing just in a different location. If you were to take the life of Jesus and put the life of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the minister and even the life of us as a people next to it, you'll see that they are one and the same. Look at it. Jesus was a man learned without letters. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Virgin birth. We were a virgin people. That's what he came up out of. Both him and the minister, they made the blind see, the deaf hear, the dumb speak, the lame walk, raise the mentally dead from the grave. You can keep you can keep going. They were hated by the Jews. Scribes worked against them. You, You can keep going. And the same thing for black people. You can look at the cross on one side of Jesus was a thief and on the other side was a murderer when he was crucified. Look at where Africa is positioned on the globe. One side you got America, one side you got Europe. The English European white man stole us from Africa and the American white man killed us. Matter of fact, if you take the word Jesus and and say it in Spanish, it's Jesus. And Jesus is spelled H-E-S-U-S. Put an apostrophe in front of that first S and separate the last two letters and it says Jesus, he's us. So, no, we we are the ones somebody been trying to kill before we were born. We were born of a single mother. See, this is the story of Jesus. And you can keep going down the math and you'll see a whole lot in common with Jesus. The honor Elijah Muhammad, Jesus minister and Jesus and us as a people. So I would say, look at it from the multiple shades uh, and multiple dimensions. Don't get caught into one one angle.
1: Yes, sir. And these last two questions, I'm gonna combine them just so we can save time. Yes, sir. Uh, what's the true yes, definition sir. of a woman coming from a man? Uh, the man's rib. And the last one is: uh, Does the Nation of Islam follow all the laws and commandments? And if so, why do we shave our faces? Why don't we have a beard, as the as it says in Leviticus?
0: Well, that's very good question. The first of all, the the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the woman is the second self of God. And he, Allah God, when he created himself, he studied himself and found in himself a second self and brought a second self out of himself to match the womb that he brought himself out of. So he came out of a womb of triple darkness and he gave the the woman a womb that matches it. It took him trillions of years for him to form a body, but now she can do it in nine months. This story of the rib is really, again, it's a parable, it's a metaphor, it's a simile. It, it, see, look at, look at the rib. The rib is not behind the man, or at the foot of the man, or the head of the man is by the side. What does that say? That the woman was not created to be under our feet, oppressed, or to be over our head, ruling us. She was created to be right by our side as a co-creator of visions, dreams, ideals, and aspirations. Likewise, the rib is right under the arm of a man. What does that mean? She's an object that should be protected. Think about that for a second. The rib inside of the human body is a protector of the heart and the lungs. Likewise as a woman you have to be the guardian of the inspiration of a nation like the lungs and the protector of the love and the compassion and the sincerity Of a nation, so as a a female, when you are looking at the rib function, your job is to make sure that we as a people stay on a course of divine inspiration and that we as a people stay on the course of love and compassion and operating with sincere motives. And you, as a rib, when you see that man, your job is to say, Wait a minute, she ain't supposed to be behind me. Or under my foot being oppressed, nor over my head ruling me. She's supposed to be right by my side where I'm protecting her under my arm and helping me to be a co-creator of all the things that I'm, st- I'm striving to do. So that is a, a parable. It is a metaphor. The Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, in the Holy Quran, again, as we said earlier, there are some aspects of what messengers taught, that are abrogated by new messengers that come based upon what is needed for that contemporary time. Those of yesterday that wore what they wore, wore what they wore in accordance with the culture that they had. However, every messenger of God literally upgrades and brings a higher expression of the previous teaching of the last prophet. So what Adam taught abraham taught more when abraham taught moses taught more moses taught jesus came jesus taught a higher expression muhammad came he taught a high the honorable elijah muhammad taught the highest expression of culture that goes with the consciousness training that will go with the teaching and the way of god that goes with the word of god so our book quran says to us as believers that when you're on the pilgrimage, that journey, it says that you should have your hair closely cropped and your face should be clean shaven. Well, if that's the way we're going to look when we go to see the Kaaba, which is called Labait Allah, which means house of Allah and the Kaaba is not the real Labait Allah mm-hmm. it's not the real house of Allah. And the real pilgrimage is not a man walking seven times around a cube trying to kiss a rock. No, the real pilgrimage is to go from sperm, worthless water, to becoming one with God. Well, if we do that for the sacred mosque of stone in Mecca, and we are the real labait Allah, then how should we? Go in the world as well. So, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that the beard is a germ catcher and that it can catch many germs, so we go clean shaven. And this represents our military disposition. This is uh, bringing uniformity to us as a group, and it represents the higher expression of the civilized teaching of God that is tailor-made for this time that we live in today. Did you know the original people didn't even grow beards? Hmm. You didn't hear me. The original man didn't grow facial hair. All this is a product of intermixing with white people from the caves. And now we got hair everywhere. But the original people, we didn't have hair everywhere like this. No, this is, no, we we were the builders of civilization, but we start mixing with Captain Caveman and them. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> so that, that is it. But, you know, I'll say this to us. You know, we're not getting ready to squint at a gnat and then swallow a camel. If you got dreadlocks, you are brothers. If you got a beard, you are brothers. You got a goatee. You are brothers. You got a mustache. I don't, they don't make no difference. Clean shaving. We all brothers. And we're all sisters. So we're not getting ready to be tripping over no haircut and no beard. No, we're getting ready to try to eliminate white supremacy and erase this devil from the face of the planet Earth, establish righteousness on the Earth, and then we can start having all these cultural conversations. But until then, let's stick together and let's use the wisdom that God gave the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as a bright searchlight. Shine it on your Bible, shine it on your Quran, and you're going to see things you've never seen before. Thank you, Brother Ben. Thank you all so much for blessing me with this opportunity as I greet you in peace. As-salamu alaykum. Wa-alaykum as-salam. As always,
1: I thank you for... Um Allowing me the time to interview, it was almost two hours. So, I thank you for being on the platform and answering all these questions. And also, thank oh, you for the you time that you sacrificed to uh, uh, put out the teachings of the Honorable Muhammad. So, at this time, I'll let you uh,
0: give the closing words. Well, thank you, Brother Ben. I, I want to say this to you, my brother, that I and we are very, very proud of you for making the sacrifice that you make to make sure that we control our own narrative in this space uh, called the information superhighway or the World Wide Web. We thank you brother for uh, really helping us to win this war. Indeed. to win a war, you have to have boots on the ground. And you do that too, you soldier. you in the field teaching our people Get in the final call newspaper. But in order to win a war, you also have to launch some airstrikes sometime. And when I see you on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, I'm looking at a great, great warrior for God that's launching airstrikes on falsehood, envy, jealousy and all different grades of negativity that plague our people. Thank you, Brother Ben. May Allah bless you. Anytime you call, I promise you I'm going to be there for you. You are one of the greatest assets that we have in our nation and one of the greatest assets to the rise uh, of our people. I pray Allah continues to bless you and your family. Love you, mighty soldier. Love you too. Praise be to Allah. All right, y'all. Peace out. Hey, listen, family. If you want to learn how to build your own banking system. Yes, I said it. Build your own banking system. We have a wonderful course over 30 lessons, 25 hours of content that also comes with a 268 page textbook. Yes, textbook that's going to teach you how to build your own private banking system. With your family. And let me tell you something. You don't have to be rich in order to do it. Inside of this, go to privatebankingblueprint.com, privatebankingblueprint.com, and we're going to show you exactly how you can build your own private banking system for your family. Guess what? Say buy the credit. Say buy the debt. I'm going to show you how to do it with our private banking blueprint. See you there, privatebankingblueprint.com.